It's showtime. Do you want to thank you for coming all the way up here to see me? That's a tale that just trying to entertain. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of Flick City and to the movies for which we watch. One nation, indivisible, with popcorn and sodi pop for all. Hello and welcome to the official podcast of Flick City, the real movie capital of the world. My name is Mayor Eric... Halloween. <laughs> and my name is Mayor Jeremy Halloween. <laughs> uh, we're you know, I think I, I think I'm uh, I'm sticking with Halloween. I kind of like it. You know, my my Twitter is Eric Halloween. Yeah, right. Uh, I, I've gotten so used to the moniker since uh, you know our our freaking Sandler. It's our Sandler podcast. cast. Yeah. Um. I, maybe I'll be Jeremy Wes Anderson. I like that. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to find my little my little uh, corner to carve out here. But I got to say, too, just so the listener knows, Eric hasn't shared with me this pledge before. Uh, and, but next time, I feel like we'll, we'll say it together. How about that? Why don't yeah, you send me the we, ad copy? Sure. That? <laughs> yeah. That's going to be the intro to every... And you, as a listener, you're going to be expected... You know, the first time you hear it, that's fine. You, you didn't mm-hmm. know it was coming, but... Right. Next time you listen, you're gonna have to, uh, you know, recite the pledge along. And I, I love I, that. I I am going to. This is not uh, included yet in. You know, we don't we don't yet have a merch uh, s- website, but uh, soon you will be able to buy Flick City flags that you oh, can hang up. Yeah, and you'll be expected you know. to sort of pull over your car, like, and do and put your hand over your heart. Yeah, similar yeah. to what you would do if like an ambulance is. Uh, driving by right right yeah and then you recite the pledge along with us and then you can start driving again to your destination yeah but there is a weird loophole where if you are listening to the podcast while a uh ambulance speeds by you can keep driving yeah yeah and they it's, can't it's do the anything about it they can't, <laughs> they can't write you a ticket yeah yeah so uh gosh don't you, know, you don't... I, I wish we were actual mayors of a town eric we'd be good mayors I think, you know, I think so. I don't understand why there are not, I mean, very progressive move on our part, first of all, to, to be co-mayors. Because I, I, right. I, I don't understand why we're not, uh, let's get two of everyone, every yeah. position. I want two of know? everyone, please. Yeah, I, I would like a, the Noah's Ark of mayors, please. Two of every mayor. I, you know, one, one thing, too, is uh, about Flick City, I've noticed, is... There's a lot of good movies going on around here. Have you noticed that? Yes. <laughs> so Flick City, and this is you know this is a concept that'll uh, I'm sure develop. Uh, you know this is gonna be this is gonna become like uh, there's gonna be like Flick City lore. Okay, uh, we're right. we're we're building worlds over here. We're not just doing a movie podcast. Right. Uh, yeah. Flick City. You know the idea is 
there's all these like movies out there, you know, there's directors left and right. I've heard of actors. These guys. Yeah. Just all over the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not all allowed into Flick City. So no, no. what we're doing on this podcast is we are uh, assembling the town of Flick City and, you know, passersby. Uh, and we are, uh, we're going to decide who gets into Flick City. Uh, we're also going to be, you know, discussing what's going on out there in the, in, in the world of uh, movies, TV. Mm-hmm. I think those are the main two. <laughs> yeah. Is there the, another? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think every, I propose every now and then we do a music app, but we can oh, yeah, figure how that sure. goes later. But I feel like Flick City too, like, like you were saying, you know, we're going to be kind of deciding who gets to, you know, stay in Flick City and who has to leave Flick City. <laughs> um, but I also think, like, we should come up with, like, a negative counter. Uh, so, like, I, maybe it's like, it's like we decide who stays in Flick City and who gets their asses kicked. Like, maybe, yeah. maybe that could yeah. be, you know, the, the drawback of not getting into Flick City is we get to kick your ass. <laughs> Yeah, kick your ass, and, and we we can also banish people, I suppose, if, oh, we, if yeah. we wanted to banish films. But uh, you know, it's 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 an ever evolving concept that uh, is certainly uh, just going to be a wealth of of uh, yeah comedy and and conversation. Lots so, of comedy. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, funny yeah. stuff. Obviously, happen around here, and I'm excited about the new sort of like you know for those for those who are tuning in, this is their first episode. They're probably thinking boring but for those who've been with us for a while you know i'm excited so i'm talking to those people right now i'm excited about the the format change of us just not simply kind of reading stuff online about and sharing <laughs> but like us just like talking more freely and openly about yeah. about films which could make some episodes i think run a little longer but some run much shorter and i think it just depends on you know how long we can go about something yeah. before we're like, that's eh, enough. <laughs> uh, we might have a, an episode one week where it's 20 seconds long. Mm-hmm. And the next week we might have like a full on 10 hour mm-hmm. episode. Like a marathon uh, episode where we're complaining about how bad we have to go to the bathroom and stuff the whole time. Exactly. Yeah. yeah and talking about the earnest movies. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, but we have uh, decided to rebrand uh, because, you know, Jeremy and I, we're guys that like movies, you know, we, 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 uh, 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 we love the stuff and uh, we wanted to uh, just have more of a, of a format that would allow us to spread our wings. And we do both have wings. Uh, it's yeah. a very long and surgical I, and I- procedure. <laughs> <laughs> Costs a lot of money, frankly. Yeah, and I was, and I, you know, along with liking movies, Eric, we also really like mischief. I think, and that's why for a long time we changed the name of our podcast every time we would change a subject matter. Yeah, uh, terrible, yeah. Uh, <laughs> funny, funny bit the first time you do it. Terrible uh, idea on every other yeah, level. Yeah. Long term, <laughs> I think it just such a bad idea. Confused people, uh, we've gained listeners and lost them yeah, right. <laughs> very frequently. Right, yeah. uh, so this will be, uh, but, the, but the upside of us doing that is you can now go back and you can listen to us talk about all that, uh, all that stuff. There's, you know, we've, we've been doing a podcast together for a couple of years, so we, uh, we've got uh, 
let's just say the real heads know. Yeah. And I'll put it that way. Yeah. The heads. Yeah, the heads. Mm-hmm. And there, there are a couple of them out there. We, you know, we, there's oh, Brian's yeah. and Pizza Party Queens. And every once in a while, a dad wears glasses. Every you know? once in a while, a dad wears glasses shows up. Yeah, but so uh, this episode, so we're going to be covering, we might do episodes on like specific movies once in a while or directors or whatever, but, uh, and we're also going to be covering uh, sort of, I guess, relevant topical uh, uh, film and TV stuff uh, from time to time. But uh, it's going to be a uh, sort of a loose format, so you can expect... uh, Surprise, I guess, with every every new episode. And this one, Jeremy, mm. I don't know if you uh, knew about this, but we're actually going to be talking about uh, Barbie and Oppenheimer. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's right. Barbie and Oppenheimer. Um, so you can expect a lot of uh, surprise, but also I was going to add to that, Eric, is intrigue as well. Yes, yes, the intrigue, uh, yeah, with the, any, man, I love a word that ends with the U-E. Right, yeah, you know? yeah, uh-huh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mystique. Mystique, Mystique's, I love that, yeah, that's good. Um, so yeah, today we are covering um, sort of a seminal, a big piece of, uh, what would you call that, like culture that just dropped on our ass, the Barbie and Oppenheimer, one-two punch, the combo. I would, I would, I would say that like I was thinking about this. This is like a a, a footnote in the uh, like the cinema history. I think because this so. is the first. Uh, let's. Well, I want to save this discussion uh, for for a little bit yet because I just did want to mention something. But um, this is. Uh, I can't remember this ever happening in my lifetime. Like a two movies, just sort of like it almost felt like uh, it, it was not planned. You know no. what I mean? Like yeah, these right. two movies were not like, oh yeah, Barbie and Oppenheimer. Let's like promote one another, right? Uh, right. As a double feature. Uh, but anyway, before we get into that, uh, real quick, we do have a Patreon where we do cover uh, all sorts of. You know, movies, we do listener uh, requests, we do, um, well, we let our hair down over there, as Jeremy might say. Yeah. It's uh, patreon.com slash Eric and Jeremy, and uh, you you get, you know, a bonus episode for every every one of these, we do a bonus episode. Uh, right now we're doing uh, our Spielberg summer, so we're covering, uh, we're, we're about to record an episode on Temple of Doom, we just did Jaws and E.T., uh, we've done a lot of a lot of stuff over there. Again, there's like years of uh, episodes you you get access to when you sign up. And uh, with this new Flick City format, we will be doing uh, elections over there. Oh, on the uh, on the Patreon. Uh, and if you would like to help decide the uh, the content of the show and and uh, help decide, you know, what movies and what uh, actors and directors get into flick city uh you will get a vote if you are a patron uh at the i believe the uh citizen tier right and we also have a uh for the real uh, uh the real fans we've got the uh council person tier <laughs> i believe i don't have it pulled up i like that <laughs> so, yeah. something con- along con- those lines console person 
Yeah, you know what? Uh, making a note for myself to like do a better job at plugging the Patreon <laughs> next episode. Yeah. I love Town... It's called Town Hall, though, right? Town Hall is the uh, Patreon episodes, right, yes. Right, right, yeah. yeah. All right, anyway, Barbenheimer. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, baby. Um, yeah, and another thing, too, I wanted to uh, mention before we kind of get started here is that, like, you know... Uh, We'll decide if films get in or don't get into Flick City, uh, but in no way is what our podcast is promotion in any in any way. And I say that because of you know kind of what's happening in the news right now, Eric, is with the big strike. Is that we're not out here telling you you know uh, promoting these these uh, these films. While this big strike is happening, we're just simply saying our thoughts, kind of covering. You know, in no way is any of the any of this a recommendation to go see or not to go see Barbie or Oppenheimer. You know what I mean? Yes. Like it's like a uh, you know because right now, you know, even the even the people in the movie aren't aren't really promoting. You know what I mean? Yeah, like the promotions. I, I mean, it's it's already that, done. But, uh, it's already. I mean, it's like. The promotions are already done and had been long done before the film even re- films were released. But you know, right now uh, during a strike, you know, for SAG and or the WGA, like we are like also we're not part of those unions anyway. But in solidarity, you know, we're not out here, you know, saying you know go do this, go do that, um, and trying to spread the word of. Barbenheimer we just are covering it because it's it's what we do as a podcast it's what we do as a show uh am I I'm probably everyone's asleep right now I can feel the listeners asleep no I'm glad right you now. brought that up now I'm like wait should we uh not be doing this but no yeah uh, I, I definitely worth uh, acknowledging I'm glad I'm glad you brought that up yeah I mean it came up on a different show I was on where it was kind of like you know we we you know we were kind of deciding what is considered promotion and what is not considered promotion and it's not oh yeah we yeah yeah it's safe to say it every single uh besides when i've joked that we're the unofficial uh uh spokesperson spokespeople for tubi yeah right um we've we've never (laughs) promoted anything we've just said like and we might like something and say like yeah this is worth checking out but yeah Yeah. none of this is promotion just simply a, a conversation about art. Yeah, yeah, and that's and that's connected to no income or revenue stream whatsoever, other than the fact that I guess it exists for you to purchase. <laughs> exactly. So uh, wait so, a minute, I, Eric. Quick question: Have you se- at this moment have you seen both Barbie and Oppenheimer? I'm assuming you have. No, should I have? <laughs> When did I'm you kidding. get all this done? You must have been like on a marathon. Uh, you know, I saw I saw Oppenheimer uh, like a week and a half ago, and I saw Barbie last night. Oh. So wow. Barbie is uh, definitely more fresh in the in the dome. But right. uh, yeah, you saw them both like within twenty. 20- you saw Barbie opening night, right? I did, and I saw I saw them both within twenty four hours of each other. I technically saw Oppenheimer opening day. Um. But you know it's hard because I think oh, I think technically the opening nights are Friday 
nights still, but then mm. they, they do early release screenings on Thursdays. I'm not quite sure. Do you know what counts as opening night these days? I, I, I was under the impression it was still Fridays, but 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 that you go uh, most people go see films opening day Thursday. Yeah, I don't know actually. I don't like see stuff opening night anymore. The only Thursday like showings I've been to were like midnight. Right. And th- that's been a long time right, right. Uh, since that. So I don't know. Um, that's a good question. It used I to guess, be uh, you know, Midnight Thursday. And then, like, because it kind of counted as Friday at that point. I mean, in my mind, let's just call it freaking opening weekend. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, let's just call it late for dinner. All right. Not everyone, uh, not everyone has, pl- you know, people already have plans sometimes for Friday. Well, that's true. That's definitely true. Well, anyway, yeah. Anyways, great job on getting all that done. I'll tell you, Jeremy, uh, it's been a while. So I no longer for, for years I have lived. I was thinking about this recently, actually. Like I used to, for the last few like apartments I've lived in, I would factor in like, okay, is this like close to a movie theater? Like, can I walk to a movie theater? Right, right. And right, uh, right. this, I, I'm in a place now where it's, it's like, uh, it takes me like 20 minutes to like drive over to the cinema. And then COVID happened a while ago, so I just kind of like forgot about going to the movies. I saw Licorice Pizza, um, but since then I've just been like, it just kind of like it has not been a part of my life, which is kind of wild because like throughout you know my 20s at least like a movie a week at the theaters for me um and the barbenheimer experience has been uh awesome actually now i'm like i just want to like i i almost went and like got a ticket to something else after barbie yesterday because i was like damn i forgot about like I, you know, I, I have a terrible attention span and I worry about everything. And in order for me, like, there's something about just like being put into a room where you have to be quiet and the lights are off that just really helps me like appreciate a movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think a lot of people are like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if it's more of a, I, I was just like not having that for a while and, and just having spent the last few years only consuming movies on like my, you know, not Your phone. that great TV mm-hmm. or yeah, my, my uh, iPod video yeah, from 2008. <laughs> yeah. Your iPod nano. You're just listening to the, yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, if you're the type of person who can watch a film, especially like a movie, without getting on your phone once at your house, good for you. That's not me. That's never going to be me. I'm constantly distracted around here. So uh, going to a theater, you know, it's like impolite to be on your phone when you're in the theater. So it's like it forces you to engage on that on that level that I used to I used to be able to do and has and over the last 10 years has been stripped from me completely like the idea of like sitting still and and really taking in in, in a movie and so that's why i like to specifically even target s- like slower dramas going to mm. the theaters to see them because those are the most boringest ones <laughs> so i want to like you know i really want to get it 
in me and I want to do it, you know, without distraction. And the only way I'm going to do that is with going to the movies. Agreed. Agreed. You know, uh, there's something about, uh, too, about the uh, being around, like, other people just in general even if you're all just like sitting in silence uh i mean the 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 barbie movie i saw with like it was a pretty like healthy size uh crowd for like a you know 6 p.m or something on a wednesday and uh i was like man i forgot about like how much like other people's reactions can kind of like influence your uh impression of the movie or your your, right. your experience with it um i'll ne- I, you know what i was last night on the drive home i was thinking about like some of my favorite movie experiences and i think i talked about um this on the on the podcast before but i was with a friend at disney world um when i was in like high school and you know we there was a movie theater there i don't i think it might have been like one of those like Disney world, like universal studios or something. And we, uh, Zodiac was playing. God, I love that movie. I think you did tell this story to me at some point in our lives, but yeah. tell it again. Cause I like this. One. It was like a hot, like 80 degree, like Florida day. And we go into this movie theater and it's like the you know, middle after of the afternoon. Yeah. And the crowd is all people who are like at, you know, universal studios or whatever they're right, like right yeah. in theme park mode yeah so the whole time we're watching uh zodiac this three-hour movie people are like jumping out of their seats and like yelling at the screen oh i love it and i saw it you know years later just like on my own yeah uh, in you know in my apartment or whatever and was just like man it was so much more fun <laughs> oh my gosh totally Dude, also low-key, great summer movie, Zodiac. I feel like a lot of the plot of Zodiac happens during the summer. Like, doesn't it open with a big 4th of July scene? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, dude, I totally agree. I saw the movie RRR uh, with friend of the show Revy Kieran and friend of the show Alex Gaskin. And uh, I'd never heard of the movie, and my friend Ravi was recommending it and and, uh, had already seen it. And when we got there, people were like, it was like a riot. People were like running up and down the aisles, screaming and cheering and shouting. It was like, it was a whole different ball game. And then like, I recommended it to friends to see on Netflix later. And it was just like, they were like, yeah, it was cool. I'm like, no, that was the best movie I ever seen (laughs) in my whole life. And it's totally just because the audience was so good. Um, I saw a comedy recently, um, the Jennifer Lawrence comedy, No Hard Feelings in theaters. And like, you know, who knows how mid I would have thought that movie was had I seen it at home. But because I was in the theater laughing, my took us off with, you know, strangers. It's just, yeah, you're absolutely right. Just a better experience. Yeah. Um, Plus, it feels so good I, to leave your house after COVID. You know, for so long we we were like shackled to our homes. Then it was like, oh, it just feels nice to be out and with the with the public again. I know. Aren't you glad that neither of us t- took the vaccines? I am so glad because th- then I'd be I'd probably be, uh, you know, uh, what happened? What what do conspiracy theorists think happens when you take a vaccine? You, uh, you, you, man, yeah, good your, question. Your kids come out like 
they can't read or something? <laughs> like what? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Uh, no, I think it's if if you took the vaccine, you think it's, it's Bernstein bears, but ah, if you didn't, it's Bernstein. Bernstein. I don't know. Yeah, right. Yeah, Barbie, uh, directed by Greta Gerwig, starring, um, uh, uh, uh. Uh, what? Uh, Margot, Margot Robbie, Robbie. <laughs> Ryan Gosling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ryan Gosling, uh, Miss uh, America, Ferrera, Kate McKinnon, Michael Sarah, Issa Rae, Rhea Perlman, Will Ferrell, written by Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach. Um, we've have we we've covered some Noah Baumbach on here, I think, right? Well, we covered the uh, the one, the Adam Sandler one, Meyerowitz. Oh, the Meyerowitz story. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Um, big fan of him. How are you on him? I can't remember. Uh, I I've liked everything I've seen. Um, I think Greenberg was one where I was kind of like, eh. Whatever. I don't. Yeah. So that, I mean, I didn't. I don't remember that one. So probably not. Probably I didn't yeah. love it either. Uh, yeah, so it's shot by uh, Rodrigo uh, Prieto, who is a cinematographer who has worked with uh, alum, Flick City alum, Martin Scorsese, on uh, The Irishman, Silence, Wolf of Wall Street. For Christ's sake, I mean, that's like three of the last big good ones. And Killers of the Flower Moon coming up, a film coming up soon interesting yeah he uh he also shot um uh let's see here Babel, beautiful uh 21 grams so he worked with alejandro uh in Inyaritu, before previously uh he also shot the movie eight mile eh not bad. Uh, he's a maverick. I, this guy. You know, he's, though, yeah. that's the one thing everyone remembers about Eight Mile is the uh, the cinematography. The cinematography, yeah, yeah. He's he's like a world class cinematographer. Needless to say, um, the music is by Mark Ronson and Andrew Wyatt. Um, yeah, it's uh, it was done. It was a War Brothers movie. So was uh, Oppenheimer. We'll get into that a little later. Um, but yeah, it's it's also like one thing that I noticed about the film is like they, they really wear Mattel on their sleeves. Like it's like on, on the Wikipedia, it's like Barbie by Mattel, and then there's like Mattel is featured heavily in the film itself, and then later, kind of more unfortunate news, uh, Mattel uh, came out and said that they are interested in doing an entire cinematic universe based on all of their properties, including. Uh, I think it was uh, mentioned Lena Dunham will be directing the Polly Pocket movie. So I, I'm uh, really cold on that idea. And I, and I, and I want to, I, I, I don't want that to color my experience of Barbie in any way because I had such a good time with Barbie, but I think it, it kind of, it's weird when the capitalist you can see the capitalist machine turning in the background. I I felt okay, first of all, I want to say two dudes talking about uh the Barbie, you know, feminist uh 
movie that I is probably like uh, from you know my experience in the th- I, I I really enjoyed this movie. I'll say that straight up. Uh, I really enjoyed it, and I could also tell that like a lot of the crowd um, had a had a really you know great experience with it too. I think it's uh, makes a lot of really good points and is is is. Especially for like a a movie, a movie that is you know (laughs) produced by a toy company. It's about uh, that is to sell toy. I mean, let's be honest. It's that's the 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 people uh, uh, with the hands on. uh, What's the good metaphor for this? Uh, uh, The higher ups involved in this movie are trying to sell more toys. Uh, It's it's a toy company. Preach it, brother. Um, Preach it. I. That that I've been I've felt sort of like I've felt that throughout the whole like uh what's it called promotion of this movie right and I'm really uh my feelings about it are so complicated because I really really thought this was a funny movie that makes a lot of really great points yeah and it's cool that like some of these ideas are being put i know it's pg-13 but it's being put in front of like a maybe a younger audience and definitely in my theater there was like kids basically kids like children like little girls in barbie clothes watching the film which is great yes but i also think there's a lot of stuff that you can pick apart and say hey maybe that actually was like not uh maybe that is like a little bit antithetical or it's it's a little bit like uh it's like uh, hypocritical right. for the coldly capitalist or something like because I yeah to to kind of piggyback on what you're saying it almost feels like the movie is very separate from the toy like in some ways very separate from the toy company like the toy company has their own agenda and you feel like the movie has its own agenda and that's right. those are kind of two different things and you know what. What I think what when you say complicated feelings, if you're anything like me, what what you kind of mean is like, I just don't like knowing that. <laughs> like I like right. taking the film on the film's merits and not almost like trying to blur out everything around the edges of it. That's like kind of gross, but uh, it, it it can be kind of hard to do when you're as self-aware and as plugged in as we are. You know what I mean? Like right. this is something like my sister probably has no idea about and doesn't care and just enjoyed the film and has almost a more pure experience with Barbie. Um, but just because we read the news and we know how ho- the Hollywood system works and especially right now with it being so gross out there for people who are trying to work and make a living. Um, it, th- that aspect of it is strange, but it, I mean, I, I loved Barbie. You know what I mean? Like as a film, I just really, really loved it. Um, also kind of crazy, but the budget for Barbie was anywhere between 128 to $145 million. Oppenheimer was a hundred. <laughs> so like, yeah, this I was movie just was looking more at more expensive to make than Barbie. Yeah. Um, uh okay so two two more like negative points that I want to make before and then I'm going to say a bunch of positive stuff because I really like this movie yep. also um there's like a joke in it 
about how uh there's like a line about how like it's someone says like oh like so men don't control the world or whatever and and another character says something along the lines of like no they're just better at hiding it Mm -hmm. and i felt so like i was like that's kind this movie is like doing doing that in in the in the uh uh in terms of like product promotion or whatever it's like no we're just like better like we if you look at this movie from like the perspective of mattel and they've you know designed this they they have this barbie doll that uh as over the years people have begun to realize there's very problematic and has probably led to um you know a lot of self-image issues for uh girls and women and and you know a whole bunch of not great things Mm -hmm. i think that like finding uh cool like trending like feminist indie director to direct a movie about their toys is like a brilliant move and giving her like enough leeway to, to do a lot of the stuff that she was able to do. And look, I mean, I don't know if I was in Greta Gerwig's position, like from my understanding, you know, Margot Robbie was attached first and she went, she, she was the one that said, I I want Greta Gerwig to do this. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I probably would have been like, hell yeah also, but there's another part of me that thinks like, could the points of this movie been done in a way where it's not tied to the toy company? Could it have been like a very close, uh, parody of what the Barbie is? You know what I mean? Just like a fake Barbie. Well, that's what I think that you can feel that in that the movie wants to be saying more negative things about Barbie, but almost can't because it's shackled to Mattel. So we like open on a world where Barbies are awesome. And then like we get to the real world and it's like, obviously not like that, but then like it never takes a break to say like, Hey Barbies, like y'all are the problem. You all have contributed to the problem of our world. And that's, uh, because it's you know if if Greta Gerwig Gre- Greta Gerwig was let loose separate from Mattel, <laughs> like yeah I think the film would have maybe spent more time on that aspect of it instead of like kind of just pretending that Barbie is like pro like um like anybody welcome you know what I mean like. But you know what? Does that make sense? Like, not the Barbies aren't known for having a wide range of women's bodies showcased in their dolls. No, and then but then they make it look like the Barbie world is like that, and it's like that's not true. (laughs) Like, yeah, there is some interesting. That's an interesting point too. Is like a lot of people watching this, myself included. I mean, I'm uh, 34, but I didn't like. Yeah. I'm aware of Barbies from my sister having them. I don't know about the history, but I wonder how much of like the the history of Barbies and and and, and the history of maybe Mattel uh, in this film is um, I don't know. Maybe like some important things are like glossed over. Or maybe right. there is are, are uh, not exactly true yeah. to what actually happened. I don't know. And, but, they're, um, and they're not afraid of they're not afraid of also like uh making fun of Mattel. Like you know what I mean? Like that's the thing that they 
they didn't pull back from is like Mattel's run by only men and they're all stupid. You know what I mean? Like it was like, okay, good. They have a sense of humor about themselves as a organization or as a corporation. It was the Barbies themselves that they didn't want to like sully the name of. So that's, yeah. that, that's kind of a, that, and you can see the machinations behind that as well. You can see like them in a room sort of being like, okay, we can't, we don't want to. We don't want to sell less Barbies. So don't don't make it look like the Barbies are the problem. Make it look like the people who make the Barbies are the problem. And that's like right. a very subtle thing that feels very calculated. And um, and yeah, yeah. But uh, well, let's talk about the good stuff because I, yeah. I had a good time with this movie i i, this I thought it was great yeah very funny uh the cast is amazing i mean the i like i don't know what more you could uh do with the like the <laughs> so there's a certain just like sense uh suspension of disbelief or whatever that you have to have just in order to enjoy this movie or appreciate it and i mean they kind of do like I feel like the 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 in the performances almost like stop doing like it, it's more uh uh I don't know like apparent or something in the beginning of the film, but the sort of like robotic doll like movements and stuff. Uh-huh. Um, I feel like we get that more in the beginning, and then it's like, oh yeah, these are just like people, <laughs> people. Right. Um, yeah, but it's cool. But like the, I, I like the world of it w- uh, is so good, and it looks so great. Like all the practical effects in it and all of like the, the painted backgrounds and stuff like just ma- really sell Barbie land um, yes. as, a, as a physical space. It has this, the mo- whole movie has this weird thing where it's just like super self-aware and like the whole, like the whole movie is meta. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's even like moments in the movie where there, like, I remember one where there's like a, you just hear a, a voiceover where a woman's like, uh, note to the, you know, director if you want to make this point, Margot Robbie's not the best casting right. choice or yeah. whatever. <laughs> there's like little yeah. things like that, but like the whole film, I don't know. It's it's this weird thing where it's like this whole movie is just so aware of itself being a movie, and there's something very fun about that, and and I think is probably really fun to make because there are the, the, the possibilities are endless. <laughs> you know what right, I mean? Right. Um, I kind of wish I knew a little bit more about, uh, I, I imagine that there's a lot of really cool, funny, uh, references in the Barbie land world that I just didn't get. Cause I didn't play with Barbies. They help you with that in, in like them. They kind of explain like, there was a pregnant Barbie. Like they yeah. didn't just like let it happen and then uh and then gloss over it. They like they were like proud of their sort of almost like historical curation of like all the different kinds of Barbies uh and, and some even problematic ones. And it was it is cool. Like I like like the Barbie who's like like tits grow big. You know what I mean? Like that was like such a shocking moment, but that was a real thing. You know, yeah, the one um, with the TV TV on her back. Yeah, right. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, great. Um, so yeah, and I, I and I really appreciated that. You know, like because again, like you were saying, like 
it's not even just that I didn't play with Barbies growing up. It's just, it's like, you know, these would be deep cuts for people who even did play with Barbies. Right. I, the thing that, that amazed me about this movie too, and how, uh, uh, good it was, how, how well made I thought it was is I like going into it. I was like, I don't even know what this is going to be. Right. You know what I mean? Like I had seen a trailer, but I was still like, what even is the story going to be? Like what, what? And I think it's, I think it's great. Uh, I think there is, you almost have to do the, like a lot of the sort of self-awareness and like winky winkiness, um, in order for this story to work, because if this movie was made like in the nineties, there would be like, someone would have like stumbled upon like an old, like (laughs) scroll or something, you know, whatever, like some mystical origin would happen. But, Mm. uh, like Chucky, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. That's the one note I have on this movie. No Chucky. No, no, not enough Chucky, at least. Yeah, and he's a doll. He fits in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one thing. One last thing I want to say about Barbie too, before we move on to Oppenheimer, which we should do here, is, uh, you know, I, we like the Kens were 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 done so well, um, almost a little too well, if you ask me. Uh, the, the, I guess this yeah. isn't a, this isn't really a critique so much as it is just sort of like an unfortunate. I don't know how you I don't know how you work around this, but like the Kens were so funny and such good villains and so interesting, and it I the Batman the 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 movie had a little bit of the Batman problem I think of like you know who's more interesting than Batman the Joker. <laughs> Like, you know what I mean? Like, who are you waiting for to come back on screen? The Joker. Like, you know, who is almost like a little too boring? Batman. That's that's sort of this movie kind of it's not that bad, but because I love all the Barbies, but the Ken's it, 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 it feels like the movie liked the Ken's better in some ways. Yeah, I get that. I get that. Yeah. Like, um, I wanted to g- give the Barbies more jokes. Damn it. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. I do agree. I anyway. don't understand the horse thing, by the way. Oh, yeah, that I they felt loved like I horses. Missed something. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like, guess because he sees a cop riding a horse and he thinks that's cool. <laughs> yeah. I Maybe do it's think because that, they like, can't ride horses because they're legs or something. A whole, like, beach full of men playing Matchbox 20 on their guitar is <laughs> yeah. super funny. So awesome. Um, yeah. That kind of reminds me of that sketch you wrote, the Third Eye Blind sketch. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. I wrote a sketch years ago. You acted in that, right? I was in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. About like a... It was like a yoga teacher or something that like... Uh-huh. Instead keeps, of like... Yeah. <laughs> instead of serene music plays Third Eye Blind hits. Plays Third Eye Blind. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, yeah. Okay. Barbie. Uh, we'll let you know. Uh, let's, let's do this now. Is Barbie allowed into the uh, Flick City Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah, with a bullet. Yeah, it's number one right now in Flick City. Yeah, I mean, the only other one in there right now is uh, E.T., I think. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And also, also, E.T., the alien lives in Flick City as well, we established. Yeah. And I I think think we we should let Barbie the film and Barbie the character live in Flick City. Barbie and, the character and Ken too. Ken can come and stay too. Uh, he can visit. He can, uh, okay, he can visit. Who? 
Oh man, I can't remember his name right off the top of my head. Uh, Michael Sarah's character can Alan uh, can live there. Yeah, Alan yeah. Alan's allowed as well. Yeah. Uh, so Oppenheimer. Yes. So, do you think people are because of like the order of the names? Bar- Barbenheimer. Do you think people are doing Barbie then Oppenheimer? That's what some people were doing, and like honestly, I think that's the right call. What do you think? Would Would you rather have started with Oppenheimer and then ended with a little more lighthearted? I, yeah, I'll tell you, I felt depressed after Oppenheimer. Yeah, big time <laughs> so, depression. I but, think Barbie would have. Although I also like Barbie was a fun time. Also felt depressed afterwards. So. I, yeah, I think that's just because you have depression, Eric. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> no, I think like uh, I I think it depends on what kind of vibe you want to be left with, and I think most people would say that they want to be left with a more lighthearted vibe, but not me. I I I I like starting like the appetizer of comedy, and then the main course of something. Because I will say, you know, not I, and it's dangerous to compare these two films because you really shouldn't. They're not comparable. They're not the same kind of movie at all. But there's quite a bit more to sink your teeth into with Oppenheimer in that there's just like the script has to be at least twice as long. <laughs> like like every moment of this movie is people talking. So it's yeah. like it, 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 there's just a lot more here to digest. And I think that, you know, I like starting with a comedy, but then then getting into that. But uh, just like we did with Barbie, I'll kind of run down what Oppenheimer is. This yes. is. Uh, I want to uh, uh, make a correction, though. By the way, I yeah. believe uh, Oppenheimer is Universal and not Warner Brothers. Oh, you are correct. Actually, big yes. time, big time correct. That's that's uh, that's my bad. Um, Chris Nolan directed and uh, wrote the screenplay for Oppenheimer. It's based on the book American Prometheus. Uh, it's produced by you know Emma Thomas, Charles Roven, longtime collaborators. It also has a pretty stacked cast: uh, Cillian Murphy, Emily Blunt, Matt Damon, Robert Downey Jr., Florence Pugh, Josh Hartnett, Casey Affleck, Rami Malek, Kenneth Branagh. Uh, its cinematographer is Hoyt Van uh, Hoyt uh, Hoytma, uh, who is one of my favorite working cinematographers right now. He shot uh, this. Tenet, Dunkirk, Interstellar. Um, those are all of the uh, uh, Nolan films that he made. He also made Her with Spike Jones. He made um, uh, uh, Nope with Jordan Peele. Uh, just a absolute maverick um, uh, cinematographer. Uh, one of my favorite movies he shot, though, of all of these was Let the Right One In, the Thomas Alfredson vampire movie which Love is that movie. so beautiful yeah such a beautiful film um it's edited by jennifer lame uh that's a bummer of a last name <laughs> uh and and as and as eric said it was uh uh distributed by uh, universal produced by syncope and atlas entertainment um yeah the first thing i'll say about oppenheimer is that like uh I I walked away in the th- the the the, the b- my like little phrase I kept repeating when people asked me if I liked it or not was that I thought it was like a deeply flawed masterpiece. It's kind of how it felt to me. Where it was like it it was it was basically a masterpiece, 
but I had, you know, not unlike Barbie, a ton of problems with Oppenheimer. Um, sure. Yeah. Um, but like, but like, overall, like we're talking, we're talking kind of like nitpicks. Um. But like it in as a as a whole package, especially seeing it seventy millimeter IMAX. I mean, it was just it's undeniably uh, got some real magic in there. Uh, you haven't you haven't told me though yet your your experience with Oppenheimer. What what did you think of this movie? Uh, I really liked it. I thought it was good. Uh, d- you know, like I said, depressed a lot of depression afterwards. <laughs> a lot of depression. <laughs> But, uh, uh, oh, hey, I want to talk, I want to mention something first, by the way, uh, about my experience at the movie. Cause this does play into my, I was in a sour mood for a, for a moment, mm. uh, during this movie. Okay. Uh, so I'm sitting down and my seat is near, uh, I went to Oppenheimer solo. I was a solo Oppenheimer viewer. Okay. And, uh. I get there like five minutes before the previews start, right? And I see the seat. It's right there on the aisle, right where I like to be for a three-hour movie, you know? <laughs> get up, take a yeah, whiz. Take a, take a shit, come back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, and I get over there, and I see there's this guy sitting next to the empty seat, and he turns around to someone, and he just does the, like, you know, the the, the hand motion where someone is saying, like, no dice or whatever? Like, they just do the... Uh huh. Hand in front of the throat, kind of thing. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, I'm like ruining someone's like plan or whatever. <laughs> so I sit down and like the previews play, and this guy's like keeps looking around, looking behind us. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And then right after the previews, right when, you know, probably right when we're seeing the Universal logo, he turns to me and he's like, Hey, do you think I could? Because uh, there was a, a two empty seats in front of me, uh-huh. and I, he was like, "Hey, do you think uh, you would move down one row so my girlfriend can sit next to me?" Uh huh. And in my head, I'm like, "Why don't you and your girlfriend go and sit move in those two? Down. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah." But I was like, but I said. I kind of sighed and I was like, give me 10 minutes just to make sure no one is sitting there and, right. and I'll move. And I was trying to be nice about it. That's and very he, uh, kind of you. Yeah. And, uh, and then he goes, Oh, never mind. There's a seat uh, next to my girlfriend. I'll go up, I'll go up there. Oh. And, uh, so he goes up there and then the person in that seat shows up. So he comes back down. Oh no. And now he's like, I can feel him like looking over at me as if like the deal's still on the table kind of a thing. And I didn't, part of me wanted to like just stand my ground yeah, uh, and make this guy stew in his like, but he was being so annoying, like just super uh. annoying. So after a while, I like, I just got up and I was, I couldn't stand him like fidgeting. Yeah, anymore, right. So I went down and like halfway through the movie, I get up uh, <laughs> to get some, I got a beer actually. I got like a mid Oppenheimer beer Ooh. and I'm walking back to my seat. And uh, he's sitting there, and there's no one in the seat next to him. <laughs> <laughs> That's tight. He, so he didn't even. I love this idea that he maybe didn't even have a girlfriend. Yeah, that he's or just like they's a madman. <laughs> Yeah, I, that's my interpretation too. Or maybe they like got into a fight or what, I don't know. Was this like a younger guy or an older 
guy. This guy was like probably in his 50s. Oh my gosh, that's unforgivable. Like a young high school kid, I'm like, all right, I get it because you, you don't know how to act. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That is, uh, I will say that, um, yeah, that, uh, that, that would bum me out. So, and that would very much color my experience of seeing any movie. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. uh, Oppenheimer, I, I mean, it's my favorite new movie. It's my favorite 2023 movie I've seen this year. I'll tell it's you my, that. Yeah. I don't know if anything is going to take that crown too. It, it seemed like it would be pretty, um, hard to, to overthrow it, but may, maybe not. But yeah, so far it's my number one as well it's like an early early prediction for number one but you know in the in, you know in the interest of fairness let's go let's kind of let, let's say a, a, a you know what our little gripes with oppenheimer were before we start praising the film uh, kind of just like we do with barbie um and i'll and i'll say one thing uh is that and i told my wife this after we saw the film is that like i really think nolan's like style of like it's not a non-linear story that he does in like a lot of his movies, I think that works better in this film than it does in other films he's, he's made, but it's not my favorite. Like I, I kind of want to see a cut of this movie where it's told in like linear order because I did get lost in the different timelines a bunch, not knowing like, was this before the war? Is are we seeing a scene that happens after the war? You know what I mean? Like, it just kind of I got kind of it's con- so convoluted, and, and I got kind of confused several times, which took me out of some bigger, maybe some bigger moments of the film. Um, so while I do think it basically works here, I it's like just not my favorite house style of making a movie. Um. Yeah, I I would agree with that. Uh, I think that my I, the, okay here. I I Benny Safty. I like. <laughs> it's Tear I, I the feel shreds, like buddy. I, Rip what I what one. I'm doing is I, I what I what I'm doing at the moment is I'm looking through his the movies he's acted in because I and right. I think it's Licorice Pizza where the only movie I. Uh, the movie that comes to mind when I think of his him like showing up is Licorice Pizza, right? And if I'm remembering correctly, he's kind of like he's he's got like a funny vibe to him. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, right. It took me uh, until like quite a ways into the movie to like sort of appreciate his uh, performance, but he did like the you know like the German right accent and stuff. Yeah. really well he, i thought he, he was trying and, to be a russian guy I or think. yeah russian or whatever um and you know that's more of a me problem probably than a benny safety problem uh yeah. but uh i don't know what i'm supposed to like what i, I don't know what christopher nolan thinks of Oppenheimer <laughs> from watching this oh sure. i'm like what is i'm like yeah all these people suck yeah. Uh but I don't I my 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 uh you know like working interpretation as I was watching it was like okay this is Oppenheimer who's like uh, I guess this genius but he's like also 
creating like the worst thing in the world and like all these people are telling right. him I, I didn't it. know if it was supposed to be like I thought maybe this is like a allegory for like a filmmaker who's like getting you know notes like mm. his his like dreams crushed by studios or whatever but I'm like wait he's this guy's like creating the worst invention ever in the yeah. world Oh, so he's just, I, he's a he's the villain. Oppenheimer himself is yeah. is in my interpretation the villain of Oppenheimer and arguably the well, villain the of the hero, world. Though? But he's not the hero. Well, he's the main character. Like yeah. a hero's tough because he's he's a bad guy and who does bad things. This movie to me feels like it should tonally feel more like there will be blood than it does. Like, to me, There'll Be Blood is another movie about a bad guy, where it's like you're watching a bad guy do bad things, and you're like, wow. And it's, like, done really well, and the performances are great. It even has, like, this a similar sequence. Like, the, the, the detonation of the atom bomb for the first time is similar to the oil rig blowing up in There'll Be Blood. Like... Uh, does it, am I making sense at all? Does it kind of like did did you ever did you get similar vibes from both? Uh, yeah, I got that. I think what Oppenheimer was missing. I'm I'm picturing uh, some scenes in Oppenheimer like that one done with the like. I've listened to the There Will Be Blood score like so many times, right? And it like fits in my mind. You know, yes. there's like something like. Uh, just like really unnerving and like mechanical about the the um freaking there will be blood score that i to, frankly i don't remember the score of oppenheimer and i don't know if that's good or bad it's but, bad um, it, it, it's yeah. it's it's a bad thing that you don't remember it and it's it's i don't want to say it's a bad score like just outright but there's way too much of it like there is music played over every scene just about Hmm. And it they you it doesn't let you appreciate the dialogue and the emotion of the scenes that are happening. It's and it's so loud too. It's like so loud in the mix. So it's like hard to yeah, it, it's it's very hard to separate the score from this film, but I would argue uh, aside from some key choice moments, it's it's a it's a it's a very unconfident move to have music just playing through every scene like this because it just it just at the end of the day it just kind of disappears after a while right. you don't notice it yeah um uh i also I, i'm divide i'm you know I, I i'm undecided in how i feel about like how the actual like you know fallout from the atomic bomb the atomic bombings are addressed, I guess, in the movie. Right. Um, you know, we see, I, I unless I miss something, I can't, maybe this is during the time that I got up to like get got a beer. beer. Yeah. <laughs> Probably an inappropriate uh, moment to do so. But uh, I <laughs> don't remember, like uh, what from what I remember, we have that scene of him like giving a speech or whatever. And he's like uh, hallucinating the, you know, horrible uh -huh. depictions of people losing their faces and stuff uh -huh. um i don't think that like I, I i i'm not saying this movie needs like uh we need to see all this gruesome stuff uh play out 
assume that like I don't th- 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 there's nothing there that is I don't think about like the atomic bombings very often. Right. And they're, they were terrible and awful. And yeah. the fallout is like unfathomable. Right. But I feel like this movie like a- assumes that that is like fresh in our minds or something right. to where there was a choice that was made that was like, okay, we're not going to, we're not going to actually like show the ca- car mention or show this very much. Right. right. Which I think is, uh, I think is probably more important than uh, of an element to this whole story than was uh, maybe it was treated as. I don't it, know. It's, maybe it's I'm wrong. such it's such an interesting thing you're bringing up, which I, I I feel like you're touching on what is like the most common uh sort of criticism about the film is that choice to like have no perspective that wasn't coming from a white male American <laughs> like uh, old guy in the 30s and 40s like it was just like that it was just this movie is a movie about men talking in rooms <laughs> about about stuff that is so like you like uh, unfathomable is a great word to say to to use because it is unfathomable to us like almost a hundred years later it is unfathomable to Oppenheimer because Oppenheimer wasn't there when they dropped yeah. it. He could only imagine what it was like and the chaos that, and I think that's why the choice was made is because mm. like it really wanted to put you in the shoes of somebody who made a horrific, horrible choice and didn't have to see the consequences of it. Like firsthand. Um, is there a version of this movie where like, the end of the movie is we see like what that was like <laughs> for Japan. Yeah. I think there is a version of this movie that does that. And would I have liked that better? I might've liked that better. I might've liked if it like told this story in a similar way. And then at the very end showed you something that really stayed with you about what happened to Japan. Like, I think that would have been a much cooler, like more satisfying and more honest sort of ending to the movie. So I agree um, with what you're saying, I guess is what I'm saying as I, as I, as I agree. Like I, I think, I don't think a full perspective shift would have been appropriate because I do like that we stay in the POVs of these two guys, Oppenheimer and then Robert Downey Jr.'s character. But I do think something like, yeah. I, like it reminds me, have you ever read Slaughterhouse Five? Oh yeah. Yeah, like the end of that book. Something like that, where it's just like, oh god. You know, it just really leaves you with like this kind of profound devastation or something. Sure. Um Yeah. Uh well, I will say that uh I've been a fan of Killian Murphy since uh I think it's called Red Eye. Is oh, there was a movie that came out movie. when I was working at a movie theater uh, in high school, and uh, Killian Murphy. It's a it's a thriller. I think it's a Wes Craven one, and it it's is a, a Wes it's, Craven. Yeah, starts on an airplane, and well, you'll have to watch it and find out. But <laughs> when I worked at a movie theater, uh, some of these like PG thirteen thrillers and horror movies, 
uh, on weekend screenings when they were super busy, they would uh, send a movie theater employee into the movie to just stay, hang out uh, because people would go, people would get like super rowdy uh, at this at this theater that I worked at. And I remember there was a whole weekend where that was like my job was to just watch <laughs> Red Eye over and over and like, you know, try to pre- pretend like I was doing something. But we uh, love it. We love that. people. I I I became a huge fan of Silly Murphy uh, from that experience. I think he's a great bad guy. Uh, and then you know, as Scarecrow in the Chris Nolan Batman movies, thought he was yeah. great. I like him in the uh, Danny Boyle stuff the most, or like the Twenty Eight Days Later and Sunshine. Yes. That's great stuff. Yes. So this was a this was one of those moments with me where it's kind of like seeing. I mean, it, obviously he's been in studio huge studio movies for years, but it it gave me that feeling of like, oh man, the band that I like is like getting big. You know, it's <laughs> yeah, like right. uh, yeah. It's it like good took, for him. It only took 30 thing. years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I agree. His I don't know. What performance you, what you... is world class. Just the yes. best. The best. Like, and it's like the best acting from a lot of these guys, too. Like Robert Downey Jr. Oh, man. He's such a slime ball in this movie in such a good way. You know? I loved it. I loved uh, his performance. And uh, Emily Blunt. As Kitty, the Oppenheimer's wife, incredible. Matt Damon, hilarious, like a rare, very funny performance from Matt Damon. Yeah, Matt Damon is like a breath of fresh air in this movie. I know. He he really lightens up the mood. Yeah, it's funny because I think the last movie I've seen with him and, you know, that we've watched on the podcast is. What's the Coen Brothers one where he plays oh, the beef? Oh, where he's yeah, where he spanks the little girl and <laughs> yeah, this uh, character reminded me of yeah, uh, Labeef. a little bit. Um, yeah. I, yeah, all the performances are great. Uh, Florence Pugh is great. Uh, everyone's good. You can I could go down the whole list. Uh, right. Even Josh Hartnett was good. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Josh Hartnett was a big shock to me. Like I did not know he was going to be in this movie and suddenly he just was there and I was like, I love this. I love seeing him in this movie. Sure. And I'm wondering, is he going to get, I mean, it obviously the impact of him is not as big as the Brendan Fraser impact, but is he going to get his own little resurgence? Do we think? Yeah. Like Like a reconnaissance kind of thing. Yeah. For, but for Mr. Hartnett, Yes, I I don't know. I'm I, I'm fine with it. Uh, I'll say this: that I I take back my uh, comment about everyone being good. I don't. Every time I see Rami Malek in a movie, <laughs> I am reminded that I'm watching a movie and I'm watching someone who is acting as a character. I don't know what it is. I don't know. Tear his ass it, apart, it, buddy. Tear it, it might apart. just be like my own, like person, like I've seen someone in my past who looked like him has wronged me or something that I don't remember. But he bothers me so much when he shows up in movies. Like I, I, and I cannot explain it. I love that you're saying this. Although I will say I did like him in this movie, but uh, Rami Malek is a funny actor to have a problem with. <laughs> I can I well, I can kind of the the one. The one uh, part of my dislike of Rami Malek that I can explain is 
I think he overacts. I think he like does too much. Yeah, especially you know who, in this yeah. movie. You know who he reminds me of, kind of who does a who has a similar, I feel like acting style where it's just a lot is um uh uh what's his name Eddie Redmayne. Eddie Redmayne. He's the guy who played uh. What's his name? The um, oh Einstein. Gosh. Yeah, no, he plays. He he's uh in the theory of everything. Oh yeah, isn't that about Einstein? It's oh, no Stephen Hawking. Hawking. Yeah, it's about Stephen Hawking. Yeah, okay. He's in the Danish Girl. He's yeah, in Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Uh, he's in Les Mid. He's a gr- he's a. It's like he's a good actor who turns in psychotic performances. Like just real weird performances, and they don't always work. Uh, it, uh, the 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 film Jupiter Ascending, which is the Wachowskis' uh, movie, Eddie Redmayne plays a bad guy in that, and it, and then like he like won a Razzie for it, and accepted it quite quite excitedly. Like he was like, yeah, I tried something crazy and it didn't work. <laughs> like he he's a Rami Malek seems like that kind of an actor where he's like. As soon as he's on screen, you're right. You're like distracted. You're like he's this guy's doing way too much. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, well, Jeremy, I do want to talk a little bit about like the Barbenheimer uh, yeah. thing. Uh, any final thoughts on uh, Oppenheimer? No, no. I think I think we can we can piv. Yeah, and uh, this one this one can be in the museum, right? The Flick City Museum. Of course. In fact, I would argue it's like. Uh, it's um you know my uh it's my number one of the year right now so i absolutely yeah. think it think still it. i think the feature exhibit in the in the flick city museum is uh et for me but uh right you know we'll we'll uh we will allow but oppenheimer well, it's hard to beat et i mean let's let's be real here yes yeah. and, and and i'm just gonna go ahead and say it killian if you want to, you know, move over to Flick City, yeah, we're happy to have you. Right, right. Uh, so, yeah, like I was saying at the beginning of the episode, I don't remember this ever. Ha- and it's kind of crazy that uh, even like purposefully uh, double features are not promoted, you know, right. as, uh, so often. Uh, this is like a, a truly weird combination of movies that I, I, I really think from what I can remember or tell that this just kind of like happened naturally and almost as like a goof in a way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. the, just the idea of like a double feature. I, I, from from what I can remember, the genesis of it was like there were articles going around about like... Uh, Christopher Nolan or the Oppenheimer team not being stoked about having the same release date as Barbie or something. Uh, I could be wrong about it. I I remember Tom Cruise being upset that he had to share his IMAX screens for Mission Impossible with Oppenheimer. Uh, That might have been it. Yeah. Um, And then his film, the latest Mission Impossible movie, did not do as well as hoped. hmm. So... Uh, and I saw I saw that movie. It's pretty it's pretty good. I like the new Mission Impossible. Um, but uh, but yeah, I I my my whole thing is on this is I think it was mostly um, it due to film Twitter 
that made this yeah. such a big uh, viral deal where they like, instead of like the marketing machine typically wants to pit two films against each other. It wants, don't go see that movie, go see this movie. But I feel like reasonable human beings and people who are big fans of film and big fans of both these filmmakers and fans of like, you know, you know, films shot on film and all that goofy film Twitter stuff that I love and eat up so much that they took this whole thing and were like, no, it's this and this. It's not mm-hmm. like, is it Oppenheimer or Barbie? It's, it's both. We're going to go and watch and be excited for and enjoy both. And it's going to be fucking hilarious when all the Barbie people are in the Oppenheimer <laughs> theater wearing their Barbie clothes. Yeah. And that's what I saw. And that's what a lot of people saw. It's like so awesome seeing people that, you know, were doing the double feature that day. I think that 100% the Barbie crowd supported the Oppenheimer crowd versus the other way around. Yeah. I think that, oh, yeah. I think that without uh, Barbie, Oppenheimer would not, uh, you know, it's made four, $440 million at the box office at this point. I would say it probably would have made like, you know, 300 or something. 350 i don't know yeah i'm just throwing out yeah. random numbers but i i know. do think that like the 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 there's there is something sort of that bothers me uh, just a little bit about like the cutesy uh like turning the 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 movie about the guy who like created <laughs> the atomic bomb as part making it into like a cutesy viral uh marketing thing right uh there's something weird to me about that but I, overall, I find it to be uh, kind of cool, frankly. I, I, it's a weird phenomenon. I, I, I bet you that in future movie marketing, we're going to see studios try and replicate this, and it's going to feel forced, and it's just never going to be done the same way because mm. um, it's just like a weird phenomenon that happened yeah wow it's uh, interesting you say that i immediately just got like nightmare flash forwards of that happening <laughs> yeah but i don't know it's cool it's like a, it's a it's a fun it got it got me to the theater and uh you know what it's cool it's good stuff i um, I, I agree yeah it, it was definitely really cool to be a part of it and, and i'm glad i got to celebrate in it like with everybody it, it felt really good it, it you know um that that being said it's like it, it you're, you're kind of right that like yeah cuting up oppenheimer is a weird thing also marketing <laughs> oppenheimer at all is weird because it's like it's like it's not the guy it's the movie but it, it's the guy's name <laughs> you know what i mean like i think if the film had even been called something like oh i don't know the book's title american prometheus it would be a different it would be different like because calling the film Oppenheimer almost feels like it's celebrating Oppenheimer himself, which is not the point of that movie. It's just not. I, I, I say it can't hey, be, or I'll die. What if? <laughs> I mean, yeah, what, what would you think if they instead called it Oppie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like some people called him. Like then they chant <laughs> Oppie in the. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know, um, but uh, but yeah, it was it it was it was cool to get everybody on board and have everybody like a lot of people I knew also like excited to um to to experience both films sort of uh sort of together 
Um, yeah. And I'm interested to know how many of uh, the fans out there also uh, took advantage of the Oppenheimer, Barb, Barbenheimer, you know, thing. You know, tweet, shout us out, tweet at us, let us know. Yes, tweet us out. Uh, well, a little bit of, uh, you know, trivia, or I, I'll say a little bit of Flick City history for you folks before we close out. Uh, wait, actually, first, patreon.com slash Eric and Jeremy. Yes. Uh, it's a great time over there. Get get on board. Become a Flick City citizen. Uh, everyone's voting. If you If you're not voting, you're part of the problem. <laughs> That's what we say over at Flick City. That so, is uh, what we say. And we mean we shame people into voting yeah, over right, here. And, right. yeah. uh, all you need is $5 a month to do it. So head on over to patreon.com slash Eric and Jeremy. We actually do have a bunch of really great content over there and uh, good bonus episodes. Uh, but for uh, to end this episode, Jeremy, I was thinking, like, what, what is like a clever way to end a Flick City uh, episode? And... You know, when we were doing the uh, David Lynch and Stanley Kubrick mm-hmm. series, we covered all of Twin Peaks. Right. Oh, And I great. had a sign-off line that was a quote uh, uh, from Bobby Briggs that is uh, uh, directed towards the character played by the great Peggy Lipton. Yes. And uh, I believe she passed away like while we were, uh, while we were in the doing the show. Yeah, yeah. Series. And... Uh, Frankly, Peggy Lipton rules, and uh, I don't want to change the sign-off line because I think it's fun. Yeah, so. I think it should. I think it should stay. Peggy Lipton, by the way, has a mansion in Flick City. Oh yeah, oh yeah, patron saint of Flick City, Pe- Peggy Lipton. That's right. Norma, I'll see you in my dreams. <laughs>